All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. The Vikings get a huge win over their bitter rivals, the Green Bay Packers. Justin Jefferson levels up and Kirk Cousins outduels Aaron Rodgers. Here we go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Skull. 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 Skull Vikings. Huge. What a what a great weekend to be a, a Minnesota sports fan. And what a terrible weekend to be a Wisconsin sports fan. Wisconsin is down bad, and that's how we like it. Both the Badgers lose and the Packers lose to so their bitter rivals, the Vikings. And also, I'm here to proclaim that I am done with with um western wisconsin and minnesota packer fans trying to tell me how big of a rivalry they have with the bears like they live in fucking green bay no they're like yeah all the people in green bay tell me that blah 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 but then they're the ones who are way more hyped anytime they play the vikings and then anytime we win every but they know they're supposed to hate the bears and worry about the bears more and the bears and the packers haven't played it in a good game in i who knows how long a decade it's been a decade where it's essentially packers one vikings two and sometimes that switches and those are nice years but that's it yeah i guess maybe maybe the mitch trubisky like when he caught kind of the magic of matt Nagy before everything went to hell but then uh, roger other than that shows up there and goes i own you i own this place so Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to say that that the people who live uh in in eastern wisconsin don't feel that way when they're living, you know, pretty near the border of Illinois and pretty close to Chicago, and it's a lot closer and it's a bigger rivalry. But all these people who live in, like, you know... Hudson, yeah. They, yeah, they live in Hudson, or they live in Woodbury, or they live in... Yeah, you know, Stillwater. Yeah. Grove, and they're trying to be like, oh, well, actually, we're much bigger rivals with the Bears, even though they would get way more hyped about a Vikings-Packer game. I don't want to Yeah, okay, that's fair. It's all the right. biggest... It's the biggest, like, made up, uh, so they don't have to deal with actual Vikings fans and, like, talk about it. It's the biggest, like, made up, it's like, um, the Brewers and the Twins are big rivals. Like, they play each other, like, twice a year. No, they're not. Not even close. No, it's not. All right, what is close? Is this event that you guys are going to be going to this week? What is it? Dude, uh, if you like beer and fun, which usually go together. Um, usually the more beer you have, the more fun you have. And we yeah, can do first, that. First one, the first one, and then the next one comes. We yeah. can do that this Friday, the 16th, at uh, Forgotten Star Brewing in Fridley. Ryan and I are going to be there. Uh, I hope all of you guys, actually a lot of you guys listening right now are going to be there because you told me you were going to. If you're listening and you're on the fence, let's go. Come say hi. Uh, it's Oktoberfest. It's got beer and f- a bunch of food trucks and live music like nerdy uh, who's a friend of the pod, great local rapper. Let's go. What's not to like? I was going to say, yeah. are there any musical acts that we are aware of? <laughs> and Nerdy is awesome. Nerdy's awesome. Gin, gin Blossoms? Or is that, I don't know. Cactus Blossoms, I think it's a different band. But anyways, good live music, beer. Who cares? Come say hi. That's what's important. It's free. Gas Offs is closed, people. This is our chance. 16th and the 17th, we'll be there on Friday. Come say hi. All right, also, before that, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast and subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Sweet. Thank you. 
All right, guys, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking an Oktoberfest beer. I'm drinking the Lupulin Marzen-style lager. It's delicious. Sweet. You know, I, I would be drinking Forgotten Star, and I actually had it the other day, and it's really good. Their Oktoberfest that they'll be pouring, but I don't have it here. I'm actually drinking uh, Bauhaus's Schwantoberfest, and you know what? I actually kind of get down with these, like, easy-to-drink dark lagers. Yeah. They're, like, very smooth. They're nice. I'm going, uh, <clears throat> good friends of the pod, Fair State Party Cut Hazy IPA. Looks like using a pizza cutter, not scissors. Yeah. How is it? Which is an important distinction. Is it good? It's really good. Yeah. It's a very good beer. Sweet. All right, guys. It is time for us to hop into our sportscast. There's only one place to start, and that's with the Minnesota Vikings defeating their bitter rivals, the Green Bay Packers, 23-7 to to open up the season. What a win for the team. Uh, we hadn't had a winning record in almost 1,000 days. That's yeah. Crazy that we are always playing from behind like that. We haven't had a winning record in a long time. Mm. We're one and all, first in the division, uh, with a big mat, you know, a big important win over our rivals. Um, Justin Jefferson claimed after having the most yardage ever for a receiver in the first two seasons of their career that he could be even better and said he was going to be the best receiver in football. And guy went out and had nine catches for 184 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. And and might have had another touchdown. Yep. It, it probably should have been three touchdowns. This was absolutely ridiculous, this performance. Mm-hmm. And I've heard all of these people um, claiming, why didn't the Packers guard him in man defense? You know, like football yep. is I saw just that. Basic. I thought it was like, like controversy. Like, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do this? Because it's really freaking hard when you have a smart offensive coach who can move players all over the scheme, force you to break all of your scheme's rules, mm-hmm. force you to change matchups on the fly. And the thing is, is if they wanted to just run Jair Alexander ragged across the field everywhere Justin Jefferson went to try to take in the in the game. first game of the season of a eighteen game or seventeen <laughs> mm-hmm. game season, like if yeah, they, if they wanted to do that, it would just put everybody else on their team in such a bind because they'd have to break all of even the man defense rules that they have set up for every coverage that they have. So they would have to install some crazy 10-man defense to have him playing Jefferson in man out of the backfield, in the slot, in a bunch, in a stack, in in a wing position, out wide on both sides of the field. I mean, we moved him everywhere. We schemed him into matchups all game long. And the Packers just had to live with a lot of those matchups. And do you want to know who else does that? Literally all smart teams. This is what Cooper Cup did all last year and why everyone thought Cooper Cup should have won the MVP, a lot of people thought, Mm -hmm. was because they just schemed him into great matchups. They understand when teams are going to do things. When they motion guys pre-snap, a lot of times they are figuring out what coverage the other team is in, and then they're putting Justin Jefferson in advantageous spots based on their knowledge of what coverage the Packers are in. Well, and if you're you're a Packers uh, fan as well, you're like, let's, you know, let's play some simplified zone coverages here. Let's... Let's not make it too complicated, right? If they are moving him all over the field, then let's let's eliminate that possibility and just play zone. Like, find a spot in the field and you cover that. Um, so it makes sense from their perspective. Like you said, we don't need to be, like, if he's motioning back and forth and we're adjusting and, and other guys are lining up and then he's in the slot and tight ends switch and running back goes out, it makes it way too confusing. And they, I think the Packers just said, let's simplify it. We're going to play some zone coverages. And if that beats us, so be it. Yeah, and like you notice sometimes when they played man, you literally got 
plays where like Preston Smith, like a pass rusher, was trying to cover Justin Jefferson on these underneath routes. Like it just is good scheming. And by the way, the Packers do this stuff to everyone. Why do you think Devontae Adams was open all the time? Because mm-hmm. they do the exact same thing and they did for a long time. So Justin Jefferson went absolutely crazy in this game. He looks to be the best position player in football. Uh, the best well, non quarterback. You know what Aaron Rodgers said? He said you're the said best, best you're the best player in football. He told him. Yeah, he's, he's on, just, like at the meeting in the middle of the field. It's on. It, I mean, it's high praise coming from a guy that at least, if you respect him or not or whatever, he knows football. And he's won two straight MVP awards. Yeah. I mean, Jefferson is is a special player. And like what what it made me think yesterday was Justin Jefferson. I'm not saying the word best. I'm going to say talented. Justin Jefferson is the second most talented receiver that the Vikings have ever had. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've had a lot of good receiver. I know Moss and Carter come to mind, but the list is long of good receivers that the Vikings have had. We've always had good receivers. Mm-hmm. He's in, he's number two for the most talented receiver we've ever had, and he's much closer to number one, Randy Moss, than he is number three, Chris Carter. Ooh. This dude is an absolute phenom, and he's, I believe, the best receiver in all of football. It's crazy to think about think about that LSU offense. Like, no wonder they won the freaking national championship with – Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, handful of other guys. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Right? Edwards-Alaire. I mean, that that like that offense was so stacked. Um, and I'm glad that you know the Vikings are able to reap the benefits of the a receiver where you you just watch him run, and despite Eric's early prognostications that he had really fat legs, um, tiny legs is a skinny legs. Sorry, two skinny you know, legs. Uh, he he's really smooth like you know he's he just he just amazing. he just glides i mean mm-hmm. you know our parents would talk about like oh gail sayers you know a running back for the bears many years ago he used to look just he, he would just like glide across the field and i feel like that's the way justin jefferson looks where it I, it's not effortless but he kind of makes it look that mm-hmm. way and it was a lot of fun watching him uh yesterday uh especially with kirk kind of on his a game too so oh, we'll get let's keep a little praise in that direction. Yeah, Kirk completely outduels Aaron Rodgers in this game. Right. And I understand. I know Packers. For the Packers, second time in a row? Yeah, and I know trend. Packers. Now it's a trend. Now it's a trend. And he, I think it's Kirk's third time in a row beating the Packers because he missed one of the games last year. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's beat the Packers now three times in a row. He's played great against them pretty much his whole career. Um, every time he beat them with Washington, his first game with the Vikings or second game with the Vikings ever, he threw for like 430 yards and they, they, they tied and over. That was a tie. Yeah. yeah that was uh, at Lambeau. Yeah. yeah. And he looked horrible in the first half and then just went gangbusters in the yeah. second. Yeah. He's, he's been really good against the Packers. And I thought that, um, to me, I, I could be wrong here, but to me, it feels like cousins, um, feels happier yeah. and better and more comfortable and more at home and more accepted by the coaching staff and the organization. It, it like, I kind of thought that Kirk was just an asshole and maybe he is, but I, I kind of thought he was just like a, a jerk who was kind of disconnected. Mm-hmm. And I think that might've been just him feuding with Zimmer and the bad coaching staff and bad front office, or at least one. Is it a feud? Is it a feud when the head coach won't even talk to your quarterback? Yeah. I mean, is that, I'm is sure that considered a feud? That's a feud. I'm sure both of them were, though. I'm sure they just hated each other. And, like, you know, I think obviously we we respect Zimmer and what he did. We respect Spielman and what he did. But 
I think their days just had, they came to an end, you know, mm-hmm. all good things come to an end and their, their good thing had turned into a bad thing. And so I think Kirk feels um, like a different player. I think he's probably feeling really liberated being in a, a pass first, smart, modern offense where he has weapons everywhere and a coach who believes in him. And I, I mean, ev- everywhere <laughs> there's not a position where he doesn't have a fantastic weapon Tight end might be, you could make the argument, but they didn't really need it this week. Adam Thielen is just, like, not even that important at this point. And <laughs> yeah. there's just one. But, but, but he's so nice. He's well, so solid. I mean, it's just like he had yeah. some really, really important, nice catches. He, was, he wasn't important this week, but that's not to say that he won't be important against Team C. Yeah. Right, where they need this guy who can just kind of get over the middle for seven yards and make easy catches, you know what I mean? Or make even difficult catches look easy, like a Julian Edelman type for, oh, for the Patriots. And I think 70 yard touchdown this year too. I mean, he'll, well, he'll no, I don't out, even think, but... I don't even think that I think it's going to be like, uh, he'll have a few catches and then he'll have like an amazing touchdown sure. catch that only, only he could make, yep. um, or may, or maybe Jefferson Sticky fingers, but, nice like, grab, pull it in super solid, go, it's going to be Chris Carter. He's going to be the Chris Carter to Randy Moss. And he's going to be the guy that, like, when you need seven yards, is going to get you 7.2. Yeah. And he runs the route perfectly, and he catches it every time. And that's injured. just as important as having a Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anything is just as important as having a Justin Jefferson, unless you have, like, okay, fair. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I was probably, you know, uh, being a little bit too emotional there with nice. my response. Um, okay, other things. The defense puts on mostly a good show. Um, I do have to say that this game could have been a lot closer as the Packers mm-hmm. dropped an easy touchdown pass and got stuffed on a fourth and one carry, um, you know, at the goal line. Very, uh, the very game close. Could have gone either way, but obviously huge defensive stand. Could have been a lot different if it wasn't for those two things. Um, but the defense did look really good. They put a lot of pressure on to uh, Rodgers. They forced two turnovers from a team that never turns the ball over. The first pick Rodgers threw in like 400 passes against NFC North opponents, which is crazy to think about. And uh, I thought pick, the but yeah. they I thought for the most part, they really put on a lot of pressure. The D-line, the kind of revamped D-line playing in a 3-4 defense for the first time, I believe, ever in Vikings history, um, looked really good. Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter were wrecking havoc all day long. Harrison Phillips, uh, Delvin Tomlinson and company um, were a wrecking crew on the defensive line. I thought a few pieces that didn't feel so great to me um, were definitely uh, Hicks. Hicks? Uh, Yeah, dude, Hicks. He stunk. He's not good. He's going to be a problem. I heard that Sullivan, he's washed. I heard Sullivan and Hicks were a big problem on a lot of the underneath stuff and crossing routes and short passing game that really harmed us on some of the Packers' better drives. Um, that they were the ones well. Look, that were- look at what they did. They they got Dylan and like whatever their running back is out to the flat sure. quick, and Hicks just couldn't get there. Couldn't I mean, it's just he's just can't hang with that speed. Yeah. So I, I think that that was a place where I didn't feel great. And then on the offensive side of the ball, that didn't look so great. Um, would have been the two interior guys, um, uh, Ingram and um, Bradbury, the center and the right guard, the rookie right guard and Garrett Bradbury. And pass uh, coverage, they were really a problem. 
disaster. Yeah, they were getting beat up really badly. Um, but in the run game, uh, Ingram was really good and really showed up for his first game, going against a tough matchup in Kenny Clark, and uh, really bullied them on the inside with that. Uh, obviously, I thought the tackles held up really well. Um, I don't know. I'd say there's a lot to like about it. and Cleveland. Cleveland did well too, and yeah. I I think. I think Ed Ingram gets a little bit of a pass. It's his first NFL start, like real legitimate start against uh, one of the best interior rushing defensive linemen in the NFL. Oh, yeah. So lots lots of uh, lessons to be learned for him. Uh, Bradbury is just a warm body that knows the scheme, Mm -hmm. I think, at this point, until they find a suitable replacement, whoever that may be in the future. And I think it's just uh, we'll, we'll die on the hill with Bradbury for now and hope that we can scheme our way around that, if you will, uh, or hope that cousins can do what he did on Justin Jefferson's deep throw, which was like the pocket collapsed and Kirk like made a quarterback move and like kind of stepped, stepped through it, stepped up and delivered a strike. Yeah. That was, that was a rarity for Kirk. Cause normally that's the, uh, Oh, I get it. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really appreciated the game ball stuff that the Vikings posted after the game. Um, so you had yeah, uh, Paul talking about his first game and how thankful he was to the Wilfs. He gave game balls to Mark and Ziggy Wilf and thanked them for believing in him and, and his coaching staff and then the team. Felt really good. Dude, what a kiss ass. What a <laughs> suck up. Guess what? Christ. That's what the modern fucking coach is. No, just like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm up. totally joking. I know you are, but I, yeah. I appreciate it. I love no, it. I'm totally kidding. But you're totally right. It's like um the success is not me yeah. right it's 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 foisting it push, on to other push people to everybody pump everybody up i love it and then and then yeah. kirk pops in and he um gives what i thought was a really good speech I know. it made me feel like, like he's kirk never was been good that uh, good with words or like passionate yeah. or sincere. Gregari- gregarious, gregarious in that way yes. yeah he steps up gives quasi and oh, koc um game balls for their first game at the helm and talks about how much he believes in them. Uh, Ziggy makes a comment that they're going to go all the way, and the team seems really fired up. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say too much. Eric? <laughs> I'm not going to say too much. But... Did you get choked up watching this video? No, 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 I no. did. I, I got chills and then say... a little choked up. because, like, no, I'm saying, I'm saying is, is, is Eric at the wheel of the Super Bowl bus? <laughs> or <laughs> are, is, he in the, is he in the first row? Like, first who's, who's driving? Pod and you're talking about the Super Bowl. Would you stop? No, no. I've got to be honest. I have to come clean with our fans because I am, I am, I need to be honest. I haven't been so real with everyone this year so far when it comes to the Vikings. Okay. Because, You've been holding back. You've been holding back, haven't because you? Because in reality, I believe that the Vikings are going to lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I've been thinking that for a few weeks, but I didn't want to put that out it. there. You got to so, say it. I can't say it. I've been trying to be, oh, they'll be okay. And and I'm, I'm having a hard time in my life right now because I feel really excited about <laughs> all of my sports teams. And as a Minnesota sports fan, that's, I know, you know how that's the, that is. the kiss of death that – that I believe in the Timberwolves more than I have in 20 years. I believe in the Wild. I think they're going to be a contender again. I believe in the the Vikings so much this year. Yeah. I my Arsenal team. I believe in them. Oh, and sure? every time anyone asks me about all these teams, I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> eh, who knows? We'll see what happens. But in reality, I am I'm guzzling the Minnesota sports fans' armor could not be thicker, and I get it. Well, we've got the cultural shield. We have so okay? many. Shields. So don't. <laughs> 
Eric, we got Eric the cultural the shield. shield in Arsenal, and that's all about all he gets. But that's cool. I, <laughs> oh, but you heard about the, the Vikings culture shield, right? Oh, what is that? What is it? What's that? Okay, um, they came up with like all these phrases to uh, uh, protect them from outside influences. Culture. Sorry, He's they had they had all these phrases thing. like from from within. Oh God, this is not going to help. Um, so like it was like prioritizing like health over the intensity of practices okay. and and things like that. So um, if you they they had a picture of it, I can't find it, it, and I should have been a little bit more prepared. But they have this culture shield where it's got like three phrases, really? and it's like in a circle, like like a shield to like you know this is our thing on the inside, right? So just ignore everything outside of this, you know, uh, from the I outside. I don't even world. know so, what it is, it and I'll tell you what: if they win the Super Bowl, I'll get that culture shield tattooed on. My I was body. just gonna say the same thing. <laughs> I don't even Sorry, know what it is. All three of us are doing it. Works. It works, and I'll get it. Super Bowl. We're cultural culture shield tattooing it. I don't even know what it looks like. I'm in. Doesn't matter. Hundred percent. I'm down. Ryan, please don't look. Okay. It up. Okay. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but we're a little bit excited about the Vikes, you know. And you guys I, do I know that five thirty-eight, so, which a site that I trust that does really high-end data analysis and does not always agree with the pundits. They were the ones that said, "Hey, the Lakers are not going to make the playoffs this year. They're they're going to finish ninth or tenth." And they they did. Um, they have the Vikings' fourth best odds to win the Super Bowl, which is pretty wild. And it's only one week, so know, let's let's uh, let's be let's be real. Okay. We, I think we pride ourselves on being. I think we pride ourselves on being pretty realistic. Mm. And we didn't start out that way, but I think we've come to accept and understand that sports are very fickle, sure. and we need to have the other side of the coin um, just as prevalent. And I feel like. Um, overall, I thought the game went pretty well, but the, you, you, everyone is lying to themselves. If when the Packers scored and then they got the ball back, we weren't picturing a twenty-one twenty loss. Sure, I was. Like every every sure. single person in until, Minnesota fan, mostly through the fourth. Yes. So, so that is still lingering, and until we put that to rest, I don't think this team will be able to to make the leap to the Super Bowl. But um, I think for being a first-time head coach, um, everything went off mostly without a hitch in terms of like getting plays in. But there were still certain times where like we had to take delay of game penalties because uh, KOC was trying to see if it was a catch or not a catch and uh, was debating throwing the flag and then didn't get the next play call in in time. Um, so there are those things that like definitely need to be cleaned up. Um, for for all the positives for Zadarius Smith. Uh, that he did on the evening. I think he has he had one of the lowest defensive grades from PFF. Um, whether or not that's uh, indicative of how well he played, I don't know. But Eric, you're the you're the PFF guy. I mean, he was he was one of our lower defensive players, even though he seemed to have like a big impact. So uh, maybe there's some definitely. I mean, there's definitely room for improvement. And I think going into a team like Philadelphia, who's pretty potent offensively. I mean, at least against the Lions, anyway. Um, we're gonna have to make some, you know, definite, you know, strides of improvement. Like, you know, we're one step up the ladder at a time. Uh, but you're not gonna be able to make those mistakes against uh, better teams that have actual, like, decent wide receivers. Mm. I agree. But guys, we only had to win one of these two games. You couldn't go 0 two against two conference teams, especially a division rival like the Packers. You had to win yeah. one of these first two. 
We're not expected to go into Philadelphia and win the game. If we could go there and put on a, a good performance, play a competitive game, that's great. If we win, that's a bonus. If we're two and zero, then you're probably a pretty damn good team. If you're one and uh, if we're two and zero, we're going to be seven. Did and um and so, yeah? Hey, did Philly did Philly win last week or this week? They yeah, did they by three or four. Thirty-five against so they're the Lions. Good. Wow. Yeah, they're good. People think they're a contender. Yeah, they're kind of like the sexy pick right now in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. Right. I've heard that. So a lot of people oh, really yeah, big, big, like big that. Big game, one. big huge road game. Big game, and it's Monday Night Football. Two Monday Jeez. Night games next week. We're the late game, um, so I don't know when our podcast will come out next week. We're gonna have to figure that out, but it is gonna yep. be Tuesday. Wait, we're the late game playing on the East Coast? Yeah, that makes zero. It's like eight forty-five or something. Holy what? smokes, Jesus Christ! Which is nine forty-five kickoff in Philly. I think it's eight forty-five in Philly. Okay, seven forty-five here. Yeah, okay. All right, not so bad. No, not so terrible. So, should be a lot of fun, guys. We got to move on to our next topic, and that's going to be. But I don't want to. Let's just revel. I mean, what a fun start! <laughs> All right, we're going to go through some rapid fire stories. Um, first up, Jake Paul is going to fight Anderson Silva next. I don't think this has a good outcome either way. I think I hope he gets killed. I don't well, think Anderson he will. Silva I think lose it, right? Kill. I think he's going to. I think he's going to like knock Anderson Silva out, and it's be sad. Like right away. Wait, are they boxing or are yeah, they? Yeah, they're boxing. He, he okay. takes the MMA guys and makes them box. And he and he's fighting like like an all time great who's yep. completely washed up and retired from MMA. Yeah. He's gonna yeah, and has CTE out the wall. And has gambling yeah, debt apparently because he should not be taking this fight. No, this is bad. I don't like this at all. Um, and speaking of fights that I don't like, uh, our guy Adrian Peterson got knocked out by Le'Veon Bell. Mm. Oh, it makes me sad. Oof. In a it makes soft, me sad. soft punch. Yeah, it's not great. And then in, in this, um, they supposedly had a 22,000-seat arena, and they sold 200 tickets. No, there was nobody there. No one. This is getting hear, nice. hear that one more time. 22,000-seat arena. They sold, supposedly only sold 200 tickets. Wow. Luckily, they did sell 4,000 beers still, which is good, but... <laughs> I mean, how many free at ten dollars? They must have sold, got rid of a bunch of free tickets, but Jeez. yeah, not good. This All wasn't right. worth it for our guy. Hey, AD. celebrities, stop doing this. This isn't your ticket. Start an OnlyFans. I don't yeah, care, but I don't would, get in these fights because you're going to get more CTE. Um, a big thing that happened this week was that Carlos Alcaraz wins the U.S. Open. Nineteen 19- Alcaraz. Oh, Alcaraz. I spelled it wrong in my thing, but so oh. yeah, I think it was an autocorrect <laughs> thing. Yeah. But he's 19 and he won the whole thing? Yeah, 19-year-old. Now, who wasn't invited to it? Novak Djokovic. Djokovic wasn't there because he couldn't come because he's not vaccinated. Because he's a psycho, though. It's not that he's yeah. just not vaccinated. I think, like, I think it's not because of the vaccination. I think it's like the, the, the U.S. We Tennis Association is like, just fuck off. Yeah. Like, we hate you. You're so stupid. God, yeah. You're a problem. So, fuck that guy. So, he, our new champion, let's get excited about this 19-year-old kid. Um, um, I don't care. About yeah, I'm going to celebrate him like I do all uh, tennis, tennis uh, guys yeah. um, by talking about how great they are without ever watching them play. Right? No, um, actually, the bigger story I think was uh, the bigger story was Tiafo from the U.S., the 23 ranked uh, tennis player who made it all the way to the semifinals and lost to Alcaraz okay. um, to go to the U.S. Open Championship and just kind of ran out of steam. Like um, he was. Inspiring. He had a lot of good matches, and it was he was fun to watch. So, um, you know, when LeBron's dapping you up on Twitter for your performance at the U.S. Open, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good sign that you got got some good things there going. You go. And he's the first African American tennis player from the United States to make the semifinals since Arthur Ashe. Oh shit! So 
been a long time. Yep. All right. uh, Also, moving on to some other stuff, baseball announces some rule changes, including getting rid of the shift, which was always so stupid. Um, So that's good. And also a pitch clock. Uh, coming into the Love game as well. The pitch. That's the number one thing for me, the pitch clock. These are great moves to get rid of dumb things in baseball that needed changing. Baseball's never bigger, cutting up. Bigger bases. It is bigger bases. Yes, bigger bases. They're going to make bigger bases. Like less um, injuries? I think so. I think there's a little bit more room for people to touch the corner and not – you know, trip up their legs and you know why? Why don't they? Ad- why don't they adopt the the softball first base with the orange bag? Ooh. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, the run through one. Why, it looks why, really why wouldn't they do that? Because it looks really stupid. Well, who cares? <laughs> are, are you? Are, it's not that bad. But like, are you? Are you about lessening injuries, or do you care about like an orange bag hanging out? Oh, there? I was like, I know. I, I don't. Oh my! I don't even watch baseball games. Mm. Um, the, the the I know the the eighty year old Boston Globe sports writers will have a fucking conniption mm-hmm. fit if uh like they'll be like that's it i'm killing myself <laughs> baseball's oh you know what i mean like all right great let's get a let's get a young writer in <laughs> i'm uh, not saying that i care i'm just saying i think baseball doesn't want it because it looks stupid yeah but we're gonna make care what the- bases 17 percent bigger or whatever anyway what baseball um, is complaining about it on our podcast getting no. upset about the twins game that i didn't watch right and uh cheering about fantasy baseball without ever watching games and then, and here's here's my my finality to that. I watch one game a year, and it's the Twins versus the Yankees in a play-in game, and they lose. And that's my that's really all I watch. That's it. That's your yeah. appetite. Um, I think uh, the the bigger story about the shift banning is that now I don't know the specifics of the rule, but I remember reading that it said the infielders have to have their feet on the dirt of the infield. Oh, really? Okay, they can't go up. So. Like, there's lots of questions about, like, well, what if somebody's going to bunt? Like, what if they're anticipating the bunt? You know, can they get it on the grass? Or yeah, like, they should be able to go um, up. They just can't go back to the grass, right? But that, but there's grass. There's, oh. The rule says their feet have to be in the Your dirt. So I wonder if that means, like, the like back of the dirt. Skills? No, but, like, imagine how, like, baseball can't even anticipate, like, a nine-year-old kid being like, well, what if there's a bunting play? And, like, they, they don't have an answer for it. Like, nobody in the baseball office has thought of it. You know what? Then they can change it again next year. Just keep changing until it's better. That's what I say. And then also, apparently, there's going to be a um, a rule that you're not allowed to fully step out of the box with both feet. Good. Um, in between pitches to do, you know, uh, there's no the rituals, adjusting. The and... fucking ball grabs. The fu- it's enough. So, now, all of this is dependent on whether or not the umpires enforce this so i'm hoping that major league baseball has said you have the right to enforce these rules regardless of how pissed off the players or the managers get these are the new rules so if they step out of the box it's an automatic strike you know and if they have two strikes they're out and and that's it so i hope that like all it takes is like the first week and a couple guys get tossed or whatever and then that's the end of it and we move on yeah I just, I'm done. <laughs> I just hope that uh, they eventually get it right because baseball doing the old man thing is just not for me anymore. Um, speaking of old men in baseball, Albert Pujols hit home run number 697, making him the fourth most home run hitting player ever. Yeah, which was cool. But then did you see what he did? Like He obviously, the gal that caught it was like, I'm here for the anniversary of my husband's death or something. And this ball is worth thousands and thousands of dollars. And mostly they and then she, usually she made up a lie it. and then sold it. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But Pujols was like, 
it means more to her than it could to me. She can keep it. And he signed other balls for her and stuff. I think it's beautiful. We get Eric, we get one positive story out of baseball and you're like, don't believe it. Bullshit. Dude. Just dude, no, it doesn't mean more thing? to her than it does to him. I think it's because I think it's because it's a woman that that's why it. Eric no, believes no, that. No, I I love I, <laughs> I love women. Reason, let me tell you. No, the only reason that baseball exists still is because people love these old records and stuff. Albert Pujols has one of the biggest moments of his career, and a woman makes up some phony story because she knows she has something expensive. He should have signed a, a bunch of stuff for her, took a bunch of pictures, got her season tickets for the rest of her life, um, proven that it was actually the date that her husband died, and then she should have given him the fucking ball. I'm pretty like sure that the media person. will find that. Uh, like We already would have heard if it was a lie. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> this is sketchy. So Give him the damn ball. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not giving up. If I had a million dollar ball, I'd keep it. If I had any other ball, I'm giving it. And I'm yeah. making them good value on. I'm giving it back. There you go. Um, all right. Uh, next up, Barter. Also, you're like the state of Wisconsin. You're down bad because your oh boy is struggling, and they fired the manager. Sorry, um, I'm not ready to talk about this. Let's come. Back. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I woke up to some very strange news on when was it Thursday? Yeah, last week. Thomas Tuchel. Fired. Yeah. After the Champions League loss to Dinamo Zagreb. Um, very bizarre. Uh, very He's sudden. He's done very well at the club. Uh, Champions League yep. win. Club World Cup yep. win. Two domestic finals. Losses to Liverpool. Yeah, that was On PKs. Awesome. Like, play, played played Liverpool as close as anybody has played Liverpool uh, multiple when they matches. Were good, though. Like, no, but I'm saying, like, Tuchel had... Chelsea ready to play against Liverpool yeah. every time, and they were they were very evenly matched. Um, got us back from ninth to third place in the league um, within eighteen months, and had a shitty start to the season. Now, so let, let me just I'm gonna give me a couple minutes to just go, not even a couple minutes, like thirty seconds to go through a couple things that I've heard on various podcasts. In that Tuchel was annoyed by Todd Bailey, Bowley, Bailey, I forget how to say it. Um, and that he was only speaking to Todd via his agent because he didn't think he knew anything about soccer. Um, so Tuchel's not without fault here, right? I mean, the fans loved him and, and he had a lot of passion and like his running down the, the touchline against Spurs when we scored the second goal and all that stuff was like fantastic. Um, but like, dude, that's the guy signing your checks. You kind of need to like, it's the Game of Thrones, right? You got to kind of play mm-hmm. along if you want to survive. And to just brazenly be like, I'm not talking to the owner. Fuck him. He doesn't know anything about football. It's like, dude, you can't, I mean, you can't yeah. do that. That's, that's stupid, short-sighted, dumb, you know, and then to act These managers are so proud. They have the biggest egos so proud. of any culture ever. Been especially out. German. Especially the German guys, yeah. dude. That's a whole thing with them. Yep, it's true. This is kind of so anyway. thing, though. Tuchel has kind of done this everywhere. He comes in. He is revolutionary in his tactics. He has great success. And then he wears out his welcome and gets booted at about two to three seasons. He did it at Bruce Dortmund. I mean, he did it at PSG. He's done it at Chelsea. Wherever he goes next, the, he'll be awesome for two years, and then he'll piss off the owners, and then they'll get rid of him. That's the only reason he was available for there Chelsea after they fired Frank Lampard was because after losing in the Champions League final, and I think they were in first place in Ligue 1 in France, 
uh, he annoyed the PSG board so badly, who has more money than anybody on earth. And they were like, we just can't even deal with this guy. And they fired mm. him. Yeah. Mid-season. Yeah. So I think it was just, he just must be really obnoxious. Well, you got but a new manager, right? Who's your new manager? Graham Let's Potter. Go. It sounds so Graham English. Potter. He has to be English, right? right? Oh, oh yeah. Graham. Graham Potter has to be the most English name I've ever heard in my life. I, he's probably been the most impressive manager uh, over the last couple years in England with doing the most with the least, which is great. And that's how you may find the next big thing as a manager. But he also has never managed a team with expectations. Under the under the bright like lights, this. it's like going from managing the Kansas City Royals to the New York Yankees. Yeah, some, sometimes like, these I, things work out, and you have the next big thing. And sometimes the lights are too bright, so it's too early to see. But he's the most deserving guy in England for getting a big job. He really is. He's the guy who who has been killing it with Brighton the last few years. Well, and it goes from like Tuchel, who is like very emotional, very passionate, to Graham Potter, who's almost like a little bit too understated. Right. For the job, which I think that could do him some harm, too, where it's like, well, he doesn't seem like he cares. Well, that's just, you know, his personality is like he's he's emotionally intelligent enough to know not to get worked up over, you know, small highs and lows. Right. But then the fans might see it as he doesn't care. Um, anyway, I don't want let's not take up the whole time talking about Chelsea. Uh, it's a tumultuous start to the season for us. Uh, not great. Um, wish we were in different scenarios uh liverpool probably wishes they were in different scenarios at this at this point too but they're not going to change managers anytime soon all right and then finally guys a couple things with the timberwolves first off there no no can we just uh can we just end it here um i don't want to hear (laughs) their alt jerseys um leaked via nba 2 NBA 2K, yeah like they do every year and then they are really bad they're like insanely ugh like a like a dark gray and what's with, like with a the really pointy simple, M? Like, and then they get the bright green again, which nobody really likes. This dark, this bright, bright neon puke green. Uh, don't love it. Uh, honestly, though, those jerseys out of all of them, and I saw all of them are pretty lame. So it might just be a boring year. And there could be a fourth jersey yeah, the, that we don't know about yet, too, you guys. So this could just be what's one with of them the like, like bland, the bland like um, font. And like, what, they're supposed to be called the statement jerseys. Is that yeah, what they are? I think so. Like statements. And they couldn't be. They couldn't be any less of a statement, other than like this is the name of right, the city. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like or whatever. Like it's just super boring. Just super uninspired. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I w- I've been waiting for like a really really cool wolves jersey. Um, and I feel like we almost got one with like that mashup one they did last year. It was like blue and had the trees and had those spiky letters and yeah, kind of, yep. That one was maybe one of the best they've done, but um, I hope they at least bring that back. I don't know, not great, not great intro to these new. Oh, well, yeah, we'll probably still get the the stupid green ones though. I know. Um, and then finally, the only damper on the weekend. You're going to end the pod with this, are you? Do you have something for this for after? You think yeah, of something. I do. Think of something. Um, and. Anthony Edwards makes just an idiotic decision. This guy has been nearly perfect since coming into the league, and just what a letdown yeah. for this guy. Yeah. So he goes on his social media, and he makes a post about um, pretty much mocking gay men on the street yeah. uh, for no reason, calling them weird. Wait, so and so he was in L.A., was Miami. Uh, right? Oh, it was yeah. Miami. Did you okay. see the video? Never mind. So just, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's like a oh, bunch yeah. of white dudes and, like, you know, jock straps and g-strings outside of a club 
And instead of just being like a normal person, being like, well, that's something different and moving on with your life, he decides to video it and put it on his Instagram and be like, you know, a bunch of, I'll say the word queer, ass, N-words are out here. And that's what you get in Miami. And it's Uh, like, bro, it comes from a place of like pure uh, ignorance. You know, and it's not like he hates, he didn't say he hated those people. He's just like, look what you get, you know, and it's not like something that he can't come back from and say like, damn, I need to like figure out my fucking point of view on life. Um, but it's, it's really like, dude, the LGBTQ plus fucking community does not need any more slander or hate or judgment or make fun of, or like they're fun or goofy to make. It's like, please just show some respect and let people be people. Don't make big mistakes on social media, especially, especially from a black athlete. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not saying like he should know better. I don't know what his scenario is growing up. Yeah, like I I, ignorance or immaturity, like some combination of both. Um, But like, dude, you are a minority who I I, again, I don't know his situation growing up. I don't know what kind of neighborhood or house or anything Mm -hmm. that 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 happened to him. Um, But like he's had to have had experienced racism going on the road to different stadiums Dude, or just in growing general, up, being you know, a black and like in America, of course, just, just in general, like you walk into a store and you all of a sudden feel like all the eyes on you, right? Like you, you, there has to be a little bit better level of self-awareness to understand the scenario of like, you can roll down your window with your buddies and, and think that to yourself. Right. But like, don't put that on social yeah. media. Like, I'm, and again, I'm not saying I'm not condoning him and his buddies like making fun of gay right. people. But if you're gonna do it, keep it private. I say don't again, do it. Not, not to do it. Learn no, but I'm just saying it. it's not it's, it's not the right decision. It's not the right decision. But I'm saying you're making it exponentially oh, worse, yeah. like by oh, a yeah, thousand right. times. Like, now by, it's a statement, right? Now it's not just like now exactly. It's like, now it's that's what I'm saying on social media. All of a sudden, you know, and we don't know if that's the case. Um, I'll tell you what, JJ. Justin Jefferson over Ant until he figures his shit out and he says some kind of something that makes me feel like he should be, you know, cheered for. Um, but yeah, he's I, think dog that you, I think that, that people can come back from things, but you to come back, that means you have to like do something to make up for it. Yeah. And so when we cancel people, I think uh, a cancel should be a, we pause people and we give them opportunities to fix their mistakes, to learn, to become better. Reflect. Yeah. And, and, yes. and also to help that like, Use their platform to then help people. You want to know what Ant should be doing? He should be reaching out to leaders of the LGBTQ plus community. He should be saying, hey, how can I learn? How can I help? How can I support? How can I become an ally? How can I be the, the person that I want to be? Yeah. How yes. can I make up for this? And and maybe, maybe it was a, a mistake on my part, and that's not how I feel. But I don't want my followers to feel yeah. that way. And I don't want them to think it's acceptable. In and my life, I'll tell you what. The second I've, I've met... Two, even just two people from a certain community changes my whole perspective. All he really has to do is talk to like a few people from the LGBT community and it might change his whole life. Be like, damn, like this has changed me. I now understand things I never understood. He needs to at least do that. I'm guaranteeing you right now, there are gay NBA players that aren't Mm -hmm. out that he should be able to talk to in private. I think his first phone call should be maybe to like someone like Mike Vick, um, it's not it's not on the same level but just like what what 
what was the process of learning? Like, how did you learn to listen? Like, what was what was important to you, you know, beyond um, just trying to make it seem like you were caring about dogs and, and humane society and all that stuff? Like, what what are actual, like, tangible steps that I can take? And I, they don't even need to be public. Mm-hmm. You know, just what are some things that I can do to make sure that I'm learning and I'm growing? Because he's, I mean, I'm not making this as an excuse, but he's 21, yep. right? Like he's a, he's an immature kid and that's not a, that's not any reason to, to excuse that type of behavior or, you know, whatever it was that he posted. But at the same time, I think he deserves an opportunity to grow, um, as a man, as a person, as like you said, like you guys all said, as an ally, um, what can he do to make our community better here in Minneapolis? So hopefully he gets that chance. All right. Good stuff. Hopefully he does. All right, guys. Finally. Um, a good week for Minnesota football all around is the Gophers. Hey. Some absolute hapless, terrible team, 62. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> son of a bitch. Just some just terrible team, 62 to 10. No, oh, God. Who would ever play for the Western Illinois Leathernecks? Uh, and oh, literally, it Ryan, just, is that your team? Yeah. Hits. Yeah, that's where I went. To, that's my alma mater. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> hapless. Hey, I hope they got paid, motherfucker. I hope they got some money to the program. Well, well, here's it's at least it's it's typically at least two fifty to three hundred thousand dollars, which for like a one double A program goes a long. Dude, that's awesome, man. I I had no idea. That's so funny. Is is that um, I can tease all I want, um, but I didn't even play high school football, and Ryan played Division One football there. So let's not forget. Who's the real winner of this? It's Ryan. Um, but when it came to the PJ Fleck led Gophers, they might have had better success if they would have played a, a different hapless team like the Iowa Hawkeyes mm. or the Wisconsin Badgers Woo! because the Gophers are about to be Gopher good. If there, Gopher if there good. is, if we don't win the Big Ten West this we year, never we're right, never right, going right. to win it. That's it. That's it. Right. Yeah. And so winning and, and, the Big Ten West and then flirting with like top three, four in the Big Ten. Is that go for good? Well, you're you're top two in the top Big Ten if you get to the if you win the West. Okay, even if you're the Big Ten title, you game. get to go to the the final game, which would you'd be playing to go to the the playoff probably. That's that's insane. And I mean, nothing is more respectable than getting beat by fifty eight. Yeah, no, I would to Ohio no, I would State. Cheer the team, yeah. I would watch every second of it and not even be upset. As Ohio State beat us fifty eight to six, yeah, I would cheer the, I would sing the 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 song. And be over and over and over. Yeah. yeah, I don't I mean, care. that's, that's yeah. gopher, like, legend. That's gopher legend. As as long as we're not losing to Wisconsin in the final game sure. of the season, I think that's even then, uh, pretty even successful. Then, like, we'd be happy to be in that position, and that's gopher good. That's gopher good, and that's as much as we can aspire to here. <laughs> well, and this is... Eric, it's going to be tough. Like, there's there's a lot of bandwagons floating around right now, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you're going to spend, you know... Yeah. Your time on each one of them, so it's going to be difficult. I, I feel for you. I, I really mean, do. right now I'm walking along next to the Gopher bandwagon as it's trotting along. Sure, and I'm I'm like I have like my hand where I'm going to sit so that no one else can sit there. Yeah, like kind of keeping it yeah. warm, like, like reserving it. Like it's like, like uh, the... walking in yeah. front of. Yeah, yeah. You got put to, put the elbow up on it mm-hmm. and make sure nobody's going to get. Yeah, there. I'm picturing the bandwagon for the Gophers is like a it's like a hayride. You know. Yeah, and oh, I'm for sure. like just ready to jump on at any second, right? With like maybe a win more, yeah. a win or two more. Then as soon as they get like ranked in the top twenty, then I'm oh lifelong gopher. Man. 
Always have been. Oh, you I, have. I you wear, always have been. Maroon. You never I waver. I mean, nobody lose a couple games. Nobody knew more. Off, but yeah. Oh yeah, they'll lose. Nobody knew more advanced Gopher stats than Eric after we beat Auburn in the Gator Bowl. <laughs> oh, Eric. He knew Eric every hit, player knew the, the historical, knew yeah, the everything. My yeah. level of Gopher fandom when we beat Penn State that one year, mm-hmm. and we were like ranked in like really high. I think we went up all the way up to like eighth or something at some point. I was that the seventeen? Was that the seventeen sixteen win against Lavar Arrington? No, no, no. Is this that was the, the one like a couple years oh. ago at, at, with PJ Flack. Yeah, and they was, lost like, three, two or three years ago, and we beat we beat um, Penn State, and Penn State was ranked like fifth or something, and then. We moved into the top ten, I think, for the first time, and then we played Iowa. Oh we yeah, we played yeah, Iowa yeah. the next week, and it was a great game. It was really close, and then um, Tyler Johnson dropped a pass that would have like given us a chance to win the game, and it like hit him right in the numbers, and then we lost. And I was just like, I jumped directly off the bandwagon. Yeah, you were off. <laughs> yeah, but it was a good week as uh, Nebraska lost, fired their coach, um, Iowa. Oh, they're a disaster. Iowa anyway. literally has the worst offense in all of football. And the problem is, is that the coach's son is the offensive coordinator. And the Badgers lost to a pretty bad Washington State team. Uh, so the Gophers winning uh, was huge. Uh, it was a massive moment for the program. And uh, hopefully they continue moving in the right direction. <laughs> a win over 1AA Western Illinois is a massive moment for the that program. That's a massive moment because we're going to be in the driver's seat of the Big Ten West for the first time ever. Let's go. And we play we play the big the juggernaut from Colorado, the Buffaloes, <laughs> this week. It's just all gonna come down to Dean before we get hyped. Like my God. If we beat Michigan State, I'll buy I'll like I'll get tickets to a game. Let's go. I'd go with you. If you're buying especially. Okay. We'll make this happen. Yeah. He said, I'll buy tickets. And I thought, I hear I'm a ticket. <laughs> all, right. Yeah. all right, guys, that is it. That's all the time that we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. Go back, check out our Thrones cast from earlier in the week. And also, uh, check out our screencast, which will come out later this week, where we have lots of news that you guys will like. So until then, thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nordies Podcast.